Well, hello everyone, it's me, Dave the Dogman. Welcome to Dave McMahon Unleashed, completely unleashed. And if you are a cigar aficionado, or even an occasional cigar smoker, you're gonna fucking love today's broadcast. We're broadcasting live, 4680Q.com, right here in Niagara Falls, Ontario, the honeymoon capital of the world. At least I think so. Yosef <laughs> uh, uh, Mokbel is with me, owner of Smoke Masters Cigars. Say hello to Yosef, everyone. Hey, Yosef. Thank Welcome you so to much, the Dave. Program. Thank you, Dave. I'm so excited for this. This is absolutely fantastic. Love the setup. Love your character. I'm ready to do this right now. Oh, right on. Yeah. You're fresh. <laughs> you're knowledgeable. You're an entrepreneur. You're a cigar aficionado. You are going to deliver a documentary about cigars. This is so exciting. But I have a feeling I have mispronounced your last name. How did I do? No, Yusuf Makbel is the correct pronunciation. I think it was pretty accurate. Oh, so it's pretty yeah, accurate. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Makbel, yeah. No, no, you're, you're, you're spot on. Now, Yusuf, yeah. uh, as I said, you're the owner of Smokemaster Cigars. Yeah. How long have you had the shop for in St. Catharines, Ontario? My father opened the shop about 20 years ago. Uh, we used to be down the road from, if anyone's familiar with the St. Catharines area, Lake and Carlton Street. There's a Shoppers Drug Mart Plaza there. But down the road from that is a Bunce Master Bakery. It's on Carlton Street. So that's where we were uh, situated for about 10 years. Yeah. And then just about another seven years ago, we uh, recently relocated down the road to the actual plaza on Lake and Carlton. Right. So that's just off the Lake Street exit off the QEW. And uh, just around the corner, two-minute drive from the QEW, and then you'll see us in the plaza there. Nice and convenient. Yeah, yeah. Very central. And two decades. In business for two decades? Exactly. Holy shit. Yeah. You've yeah. got a huge following. Right on. Yeah, I mean, I'd say we do pretty well for ourselves on social media. Uh, I mean, it, it is a passion at the end of the day, so we pretty much talk about everything cigars related on a day-to-day -day basis, and it does pretty well for us. Yeah, so the old man started the shop, the brick-and-mortar cigar yep. shop, a couple decades ago, and then you've been brought into the picture as well, so you'll be the one taking over. Yeah, so m my dad's a pretty traditional man, you can say. He doesn't really use the social media skill too often. So that's where we kind of step in. My brother and I are pretty involved in anything related to the digital world. So we do everything from podcasts to actual cigar seminars to radio shows like this even, right? Anything that we can get our hands on to kind of help promote the family business is what we're kind of headed towards in that direction. That We just recently launched a, an e-commerce store as well. For all Canadians who are looking for free delivery and oh. uh, fast uh, shipments, that's going to be accessible uh, very soon. Very, very, very yeah. cool. Keep me abreast of this for sure. Yeah. And I'll be liking all your social medias to stay well connected with you. Uh, where were you born? Where did you grow up? I was actually born and raised in Scarborough. So yeah. just, just a half hour out of Toronto. Uh, I was there for about the first five years of my life. Yeah. It wasn't uh, that much of a childhood there, but I moved down to St. Catharines uh, shortly afterwards. And uh, this is kind of where I remember most of my youth. Yeah. And this Niagara Falls region, Niagara region rather. Isn't it great? Don't we have an awesome Niagara region with so many diverse places to go and enjoy good food? And good times. I'll tell you, it's the people here, man. The people here are just absolutely fantastic. Everyone from, generally speaking, of course, you're going to have the odd person in every city you go to. That's, uh, you know, you can't, you can't really go stray away from that. But here in the Niagara region, I would say I really have uh, an affection for the people. I, I would go I would go about it that way for sure, yeah. Yeah. Now, you mentioned you do a podcast. Is it on, what, what is your podcast about? Uh, cigars. So, All cigars, uh, so of we, course, duh. <laughs> Sorry. So, uh, well, we, we bring on everyone from uh, cigar brand owners to cigar distributors to even accessory makers. 
uh, anything cigar related, we try to get on the podcast. And <clears throat> and uh, most recently, we had, I don't know if anyone here is familiar with uh, Perdomo brand. He's one of the biggest brands out of uh, Nicaragua. We actually are in talks with the largest brand out of Nicaragua, Drew Estate Cigars. They're phenomenal. They produce... I would say a couple hundred thousand cigars a day, hand-rolled. Holy they shit! They have two stadiums, each one's the size of, a, let's say, a football field, like an NFL stadium. And, uh, I mean, they're called factories, but they're the size of NFL stadiums. And there's about 400 rollers, and they're all rolling thousands of cigars on a day-to-day basis. Incredible. Yeah, so we're, we're pretty excited to see if they're going to be on in the near future. But I can feel your passion. I mean, you know, yeah. this isn't just a job. This is a goddamn adventure. Without question. For you. Without question. Do yeah. we need to spend a lot of scratch? Do we need to spend a lot of money uh, to get a half-decent cigar or a good cigar? See, the, the thing about cigars, I would personally say they're a very subjective hand-rolled product. And uh, you can enjoy cigars from as low as $2 a stick which I have personally in the past, and they can go up to, you know, $50, $80 a stick, especially nowadays for the Cuban brands. But the ones that uh, I brought to you today, they're, they're no more than, let's say, $10 a stick, but it's not about the price, rather the value. What you're getting for that, the quality of the tobacco, where it's imported from, how it's hand-rolled, what kind of fillers being used, all that plays into a role as to the, the burning, the consistency, the uh, longevity of the cigar, the flavor. That's all part of the process, and that can be enjoyed for as low as five, ten dollars a stick, which I would say is an economically price point. Yeah, for sure. And thank you so much for the gift of these cigars. I'm going to enjoy them. My favorite place to smoke cigars, as we discussed when we were off air, is around my fire pit, right at, on. M- at my trailer when I'm glamping, yeah. right, or when I'm at the house. We've got a little fire pit, and that's what I enjoy. It's just being around the fire and having a nice cigar. It's just. Yeah. With some whiskey or tequila, yeah, it's just of course, of it's course. wonderful. Yeah. Uh, teach us about the the shapes and the sizes and the colors because yeah. I'm a novice. I smoke cigars occasionally. I have no idea why some of the cigar leaves are green. Does this mean they're not <laughs> ripe? I mean, yeah, talk yeah. to me about colors, maybe. Yeah, of course. So uh, let's let's talk about colors. We can slowly expand to the other factors that go into you know the characteristics of a cigar. So uh, for colors, there's about we can say seven to eight different shades it goes from the uh the light claro colorado maduro oscuro and then they can go even oscuro is the strongest meaning it's the the darkest color and uh but even more so than the color is people don't know there's about 60 different tonalities of colors and that that just goes to show you the extensive process of cigar making and the number of directions that that can go when you're fermenting a cigar because what triggers the different color is the chemical reaction and the fermentation process of the cigar making in the, in the factory right i'm learning i'm fascinated so what they this. do is to to trigger the the change in color is they actually have piles of tobacco they're called pilons in central america it just translates to piles of tobacco okay these piles can weigh as much as ten thousand pounds that that level of weight is going to create such a humid pro- like humid heat reaction process where the level of heat is so intense, it's going to trigger a chemical reaction within the leaves, and that's actually where the uh, the leaves will ferment even further. Uh, but prior to that, they they're obviously like the tobacco leaves. If anybody's seen any documentaries on tobacco plantation fields, they're pretty much green, right? Like any other plant you can imagine. Right. So they're going to put them in the curing barn, and then the color is going to change after about two months, and then the fermentation is what triggers an even deeper chemical reaction for a slightly different change in color. I mean, a lot of the novice 
people with if you're novice with cigars, if you're green with cigars, you're a beginner, right? Yeah. I mean, they probably don't realize how much shit, how much labor yeah. goes into the production of a cigar. Like, I mean, we can definitely say that the average cigar, from my understanding at least, and from my understanding with the brand owners who produce these cigars, yeah. could be as little as one year to sometimes they age tobacco up to 10 years before it goes out into production for, for consumers. Had no idea it was aged that long. Yeah, yeah, because uh, the further you age these cigars, the more refined, the less bitter, because th there's usually uh, ammonia in the uh, tobacco leaves. And, um, of course, the more you ferment it, from my understanding, that's going to reduce that level of ammonia. So it's not going to be as bitter, but rather more smooth the more you age it. Wild. Yeah. Wild. And so what about the, the sizes? I mean, I like the shorter cigars myself. Talk about the sizes. So uh, in terms of sizes, traditionally speaking, sizes for cigars, they used to be a lot smaller. Now, if anybody's familiar with the, with the ring gauge terminology in the cigar world, we call a 38 a ring gauge, which is just means that if you imagine like a circle, let's say it's an inch in diameter, a 38 is going to be 38 64th of an inch in diameter. It's pretty complicated. Who cares? The point is, it's a small cigar. <laughs> it's a smaller cigar. That was the traditional method when everyone was smoking cigars, say, back in the 50s or 60s. This is back just about the Cuban embargo between the around that time between the States and Cuba. Uh, yeah, they were smoking these like, small Corona-sized, Lancero-sized cigars. Now, in recent times, a lot of people have diverted to a lot bigger cigars. There's been an like increase in trend for large ring gauge. We call them 60 ring gauge or Gordo. Those kind of cigars, people nowadays love the bigger, fatter cigars. In terms of how many number of different sizes you can choose, I would say, top of my head, I can count 10 different sizes. So bigger is better in most people's eyes. A lot of people, yeah. Like nowadays, they <laughs> gravitate towards bigger cigars. So I guess it's the new trend, yeah. Do you have a lot of women shopping for cigars for themselves? It's an interesting question. At your store. Absolutely, absolutely. Young yeah. chicks? Although I would say Older they, chicks, older broads and young chicks? You can get a little bit of both, to be honest. Yeah, although... <laughs> I would say uh, I would say they gravitate towards the smaller cigars. Uh, it's generally the older men who go for the big, chunky, fat cigars, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, you get a lot of young people buying cigars now, or within within like the past couple of years, I have personally noticed at the shop at least, uh, you know, more of a incline in younger people purchasing cigars without question. What I'm curious to know is the proper method of how to cut a cigar. Yeah. One time I'm at my uh, trailer and we're, we're camping and I forgot my cigar cutter at the house. Yeah. So here I am with like a little knife, a jackknife trying to saw it. And a lot of people. And I fucked it right up as I'm trying to saw the it's cigar. Not, it's not a recommended practice to use. Like, you know, people <laughs> use scissors. They ask me, I'm just going to have a pocket knife. And I mean, it's all well. I mean, if that's your last resort and yeah. you don't have a traditional cigar cutter on hand. Yeah. I guess it's okay. Although it's not recommended because the, the main three methods of cutting cigars, there's three different styles. So you have the traditional guillotine cut, which is straight cut, which just cuts tobacco straight off the, uh, the head of the cigar. You have a V cut. Oh, can you believe people calling in the middle <laughs> of my show? I should have silenced that. My apologies. <laughs> well, so, so after the straight cut, you have the V cut, which kind of drives a wedge, a V-shaped wedge on the head of the cigar. I've then, seen this. I don't yeah. have that kind. I have the guillotine kind of cutter. Right on. And then, then you have the, uh, the, the punch cut, which kind of just punches a cylindrical hole inside the cigar, the head of the cigar. Now, what is the difference between all these three different methods of cutting cigars? I'll tell you. The yes. most popular one. And how does it affect flavor yeah. and smokability? Yeah. So it, it is agreed upon on a general level within the industry that 
they're all relatively the same method. It's not going to change much. It's going to be extremely negligible, the flavor, everything like that, because you're not changing anything regarding the composition of the tobacco blend of the cigar, rather the way you draw on the cigar, which is about it. So what I, what I have You got to know how to suck it properly. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know how to suck your cigar, put yeah. it down and learn how to suck it. Yeah. I mean, uh, that, that, that comes with time for sure. Uh, or draw on it is the proper term. The proper term would be draw. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but uh, I mean, uh, from from my experience and what I, I've asked this question numerous times before, especially in my younger days when I first started cigar smoking, because I didn't know which way to cut a cigar. But I would say uh, the most popular route is the straight cut. They're all relatively the same thing, except it's gonna be a matter of preference as to how it feels in your mouth. That's basically <laughs> it. <laughs> That's basically it. now th there are minor advantages. I'll say if anybody's interested, the V cut is gonna give you a narrower draw. So the, because you're cutting less tobacco off the surface of the head of the cigar, right? Because you, you, the straight cut, you're cutting the whole head off, right? Essentially, that, that that's what it is. But the V right. cut is less tobacco off the surface area of the cigar. Okay. So that's gonna give you less smoke output because you're not drawing as much. Maybe I should be doing the V cut. It, it could be because I'm an occasional cigar smoker. It could. And be I don't want to be hauling on, you know, too much smoke at once. Now here's a personal pro tip. I'll tell you. Uh, me personally, I've been grafting more towards the punch cut. And I did this, my brother came back from Cuba, and a lot of the Cuban rollers there, they had him try the punch cut. And what I found with the punch cut is if people here smoke cigars occasionally, sometimes you get a cigar that accumulates tar on the head of the tobacco. I think that's because the head of the tobacco was too wet, and there's too much cut off the cigar. With the punch cut, because there's less surface area, it reduces tar accumulation. And you don't have to worry about that. Wow. So if that if you have an expensive cigar and you want to get that stress out of your head of, you know, I don't want to accumulate tar on this because it changes the flavor, you can go with the punch cut. Punch cut. Punch and cut. If you don't, if, what if you don't have the, the proper tool to do the punch cut? Just take a, a, a nail of some sort maybe and just... Uh, no, I, no I, because I, I, then I, I, you'll, you'll yeah. compromise the cigar and split it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Because uh, the punch cut's designed for a specific, you know, in, in a specific way for yes. the intention of cutting a cigar. That, if that's you're going to indulge and enjoy the experience, go to your shop, get the proper tools. I would say that's the best route for sure. Yeah. yeah. And the cigars, uh, at what temperature is best for them? This is a great, great question. So I'll tell you, uh, we recommend anything. So if you're a Cuban cigar smoker, the Cuban tobacco wrappers are generally recommended to be in the low 60 humidity range. It matters where they're from as to the temperature? Absolutely, and I'll tell you why. It's because okay. the kind of tobacco used in different countries, the thickness, depending on how thick it is, <coughs> depending on where it's uh, harvested and fermented and grown, that is going to play into effect as to how much water moisture that tobacco can carry within that leaf, that wrapper leaf. So obviously, if you're smoking a cigar, you don't want too much water because that's going to cause burn issues. Now, it's it's going to be more likely to accumulate more water content in the tobacco leaf if it's a thinner wrapper. You don't want it to be a thin wrapper with a lot of moisture content because that's going to give you a lot of burn issues, as I just mentioned. And those thinner wrappers are generally found in countries like Cuba. Sometimes they plant uh, Connecticut wrappers. They also tend to be a little bit more on the milder end. You can go into the uh, Nicaraguans of the world where they harvest tobacco in, near the volcanic soil and they'll have thick wrappers. Those are generally more capable of holding a little more water content. So you can actually have those humidified around the high 60s, low 70s. Okay. Now, I have talked to a few brand owners where I've uh, I've become aware that they like their cigars, their own cigars that they personally make around 65 because they intentionally like it a little bit drier. And the reasoning behind that is that they find if it's a little bit drier, it doesn't affect the flavor as much as it being a little bit more wet. 
and that's their personal experience i would recommend to everyone that there is no right or wrong you have to really experiment at different levels obviously within certain boundaries between that 60 to 75 range because anything below 60 is just going to be too dry and anyone can agree upon that and anything above 75 may be too wet so find out how you personally like your cigars there is there, there's not gonna they're not gonna have that big of a difference anything within that range but it is something you have to experiment with yourself now when people come to your store you can educate them all about this I, as I always do. It's an experience. You don't just go in there and gr grab and go. No. I guess you do when you're comfortable with the product you've had before. Yeah. But uh, you are there, and you're there to teach them. That's, that, that's something we pride ourselves upon. I mean, it's not just about making the sale, of course. For us, it's all about we want to make sure that person's well-equipped with the right tools and knowledge to enjoy that cigar because at the end of the day, it's an experience to be enjoyed. People can have a negative experience with uh, a cigar. Without question. You know, whether it be the taste of it or whether it be how it was cut maybe they the draw they took you know was something didn't work for them but they can speak with you and just by cutting it differently and by yeah. having a different yeah. brand and the, of and cigar it's going to give not, a different effect that's that, that's not to say that we don't ever get negative uh, feedback on cigars because you know as much as we hate to say it i do believe there is a little bit of luck involved when it comes to having a great cigar and the reason i say that is because there could be anything wrong from the maintenance of the cigar <clears throat> How that cigar was rolled all these things are out of your hands your hands are tied when we sold that cigar we're retailing it obviously we didn't create it or produce it so we don't know exactly who rolled it we know where it was rolled the method that was used to roll, but we don't know how that person was feeling on that on that on that particular day you don't day. know if they washed their hands if, yeah, after we, they took a we shit we can't guarantee you that level of authenticity of course right so it is what it is <laughs> yeah but we're always willing for uh, to replace a cigar without question what's the best way to light a cigar with yep. our Bic lighter, with our Zippo, yep. or with a, a wooden matchstick. Yeah, so the, the wooden matchstick, uh, anything like a cedar splint or the, the long wooden matches is the best way from my personal experience. The reason why is because it's just a natural flame. A lot of guys like uh, on the golf course, those butane, those triple flame torch lighters, and those are great, but you don't want, you don't want lighters that release a gas that can kind of have an effect on the, the aroma of the, the cigar that you're smoking. Yeah, because you're so, fucking with it then. Yeah, you're ruining yeah. it. You're, you're ruining the cigar experience of itself, and it's not enjoyed as it was intended to be enjoyed. So you want to smoke in the most authentic way possible, and I think if you're going to use a natural cedar, cedar wood product to, to enhance that effect, that's the best way to go about it. Yeah, so you're yeah. lighting it with a cedar <laughs> stick, or yeah. you're lighting it with a wooden match. Absolutely, yeah. Um, once upon a time, back in the 1990s, there was uh, a cigar lounge in Niagara Falls. Yeah. I could go in there, I could get some lunch. Right on. And I could sit in a nice, comfortable leather chair, you know, pick out my cigar and just enjoy an extended yeah. lunch break. Absolutely. Take a little break from the Dog Academy, yeah. you know, and go to the cigar lounge yeah. and just enjoy a nice cigar. Course, yeah. Are we going to see cigar lounges open up in this province, in your you know, opinion, anytime in the future? One, yes or no? One can only hope. I've, I'm always optimistic because it's good for the industry, it's good for the people, and good for business. But I'll tell you, like, the way the direction has been headed in the cigar industry, especially after the pandemic, it seems that the government just wants to tighten up and restrict all things tobacco related. So, what they're talking about now is more health warning labels on tobacco less artistic designs because obviously if anyone uh, here is familiar with the cigar smoking there is an art 
component to it with the design of the band attached to the cigar. Certainly, it draws you and, in. Yeah, it draws you in. But the government is under the impression that that attracts minors and it's influencing them to start smoking. So they have covered that with plain green bands to kind of remove that effect. And it's unfortunate because now a lot of our customers and friends who have used to are used to smoking a particular cigar just based on the color of the band. They don't really remember the name, but they know the, the color of the design. Now they can't tell anymore. They're like, okay, well, I don't know which one is which because they all look the same. They all have the green yeah, band around They're not it. identificable now, so they've Absolutely got to consult not. with you. Yeah, so they have to kind of recall how it tasted, how long the smoke was, and I have to kind of narrow it down. It's, it's a hassle. We try our best we could, but it's just not the same as it was before. We're hoping that they're going to revert back to the older laws. Right now, we're taking action. There's, uh, uh, if anyone's interested to kind of fight and combat these, these laws, you sure. can go on Cigar or Better Cigar Plan. Uh, it's going to lead you to a website called cigaraction.org. And uh, it, you can sign a petition link over there. And that, that's going to help you kind of, you know, raise a voice. And we can hopefully combat these rules. Well, let's hope. You know, you talk about uh, the government, right? You look at all this, uh, these flavored coolers that young people are being attracted to. You know, uh, coconut, uh, lime, and yeah. uh, mango. Absolutely. You know, and, yeah. and <laughs> like yeah. there's more flavored coolers now. And yeah. I believe that it, it gets a lot of people's attention, right? For sure. Yeah, yeah, without question. I agree. Uh, so, so that's good. When we light a cigar, we're not going to use chemicals to light the cigar. Butane. You want to you want to avoid at any cost. I mean, uh, the the butane isn't the biggest issue, but uh, you just have to be cautious. That's all. Yeah. So I understand there's a lot of counterfeiting going on with the Cuban cigars. Is this a growing problem? It's been more and more of a growing problem. Right now, you can have, let's say, if you go purchase Cuban cigars, ninety percent of Cuban cigars on the market are believed to be fake. The way to combat this, if you're ever interested in purchasing Holy a box shit. of Cubans, is there's going to be a serial number on the back of the cigar on the uh, back of the cigar box, and that serial number you can go on the website for the Cuban government because it's all government owned in Cuba as a communist country, and you can actually um, authenticate the box of the cigars on their website. So you put in the serial number, and you can see if it checks out or not on the website if you're interested in because it's going to be an expensive cigar. Not only are they believed to be fake. But with the price of Cubans, they've been going up on average of 30% every year for the past couple of years. So what used to be a $30 Cohiba is now, let's say, a more close to $100 Cohiba. Uh, although, yeah, the Cuban prices have become very luxurious nowadays. And it's due to a number of reasons. But, you know, it just makes you even more more motivated to make sure that they're going to be authentic if you're going to buy them, given the price point that you're buying them at. Now, I imagine when we as a tourist from Canada or United States, we go to, we go to Cuba, um, you know, we got to be careful. We want to make sure we, we're getting, you know, a nice Cuban cigar. Yeah, certainly avoid the beach. You can guarantee Don't yourself Don't buy cigars off the, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. cheapy, cheapy mic at the beach, right? Exactly. I mean, you can guarantee yourself them to be fake. Anything else, anything from the beach is going to be 99.9% .9 fake. And I've had people come back from Cuba. They want to bring by the box of cigars they purchased. And there's certain giveaways. If you see a, like a glass box, like no Cuban companies making cigars in a glass box. That's if, all smoke and mirrors. That's all smoke and mirrors, <laughs> exactly. And then uh, if, they want, if they don't have the proper stickers, all this, you can actually Google them and see uh, like a, you can put a real Cuban box versus fake Cuban cigar box and see the difference. 
and just educate yourself prior to visiting. Well, that's it. You've got to educate yourself, and you've got to go to a cigar shop in Cuba. Exactly. Yeah, right? and, and there's a lot of licensed Cuban coffee is good. So if you go to a cigar shop in, in Cuba, I fucking love the Cuban coffee. Yeah, yeah Cubita coffee. It, yes. Uh, yeah, the brand name. Yeah, they're, they're really good. Yes. Really good. Yeah, they do really well. Yeah, it's nice to we bring We just that added out. them to our store as a product to buy about four months ago. Okay, so you've got yeah. the Cubita, yeah. which is in a black bag. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they now, come in different sizes. what about the sizes. red? What about the one that's in a red bag? That's a tasty coffee too. Uh, we, we we didn't get a chance to retail the red bag. I haven't been uh, too familiar with that. Okay, one. we'll take a look into that for sure. Yeah, there's a high end red bag, and it's really good too for coffee lovers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cigars are a natural and uh, artisanal product. Absolutely. Right, of course. Yeah. But uh, is anyone fucking with them and putting vanilla flavoring? Of course, there's got to, you know, when you get yeah. some cigars made by certain companies, oh, this one's wine flavored. Yeah. And, you know, we're not talking about high-end cigars here. No, no. The wine tip cigars, yeah. the rum so tip cigars. Every cigar, you can guarantee them to be a natural product. That means from top, from seed to completion, you can call it all natural. The only thing that's not natural when you're smoking a cigar is the vegetable oil it's like a glue they use to kind of seal the end of the cigar to make sure it all sticks together that's just the vegetable oil but even that in of itself is smoked once 100 percent okay it's considered to be natural as well but everything else besides that is 100 percent tobacco leaf now in terms of your uh the question regarding the infused cigars the ones that yeah. are sweet they, the they taste infused, like vanilla yeah those a lot of companies from when i've asked them these questions they have a proprietary method as to making them kind of smell that way or taste that way and uh we we know that it's just a botanical method they use to like sometimes they put them in bourbon barrels and they keep them in those bourbon barrels for about two years and that kind of aroma infuses but into that's the a tobacco natural leaf. is it not but that in of itself is a natural remedy to kind of infuse the cigars of course bourbon's great yeah and, bourbon and barrels are great a lot of bourbon barrel aged cigars now on the market and they use that method of making them age that way for sure yeah speaking yeah. of bourbon and bourbon barrels did you know that the Wayne Gretzky uh, maple syrup is probably the best maple syrup you'll ever try, and they've aged it in the bourbon barrels. Wow. So there you go. Yeah. When you're in I Niagara did not know the, that. When you're in Niagara on the Lake, yeah. get the Gretzky maple syrup. It's $46 a fucking bottle. Holy shit. And it's delicious. And it's yeah. got, it was aged in the bourbon barrels. It's orgasmic. Okay. Best syrup ever. Okay, okay, yeah, without question. But back to cigar talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, so so that, that that's basically the, the natural approach. Uh, yeah, like they're all natural tobacco leaf, of course. Now they're going to infuse it, and they don't necessarily add artificial ingredients to that infusion process. It's just the method of infusion is going to be another natural way. Like we mentioned, the bourbon barrel aging. That's just one of many ways. Yeah. yeah. Give me a, an example of a couple of other ways of how we can naturally infuse flavor into a cigar that they, would they, be fairly safe. From my from my understanding, they just have different botanicals within a okay. certain curing barn okay. that they have uh, on their plantation fields. Now they don't really release everything top to finish out of for competition, right? They, they no. don't want everyone. They're to not going to reveal and yeah. release all this. No, like we we don't really have access from like ABC, like their their process of making their infused cigars. But we do know that it's just a botanical method. And um, as far as everything we carry in our shop, that's about it. I do know the most of the products we carry in our shop, uh, the infused line for sure. So I can tell you, for example, like the yeah, like the bourbon barrel aged one is just the most common one for sure. But Drew Estate is a company that we're hoping to get on the podcast soon, and they they're really well known for their infused line yeah. of making cigars. And that's a question that I have uh, in store for them in the yeah. very near future. Tell my listeners about your cigar podcast for those that are interested 
in learning more about cigars and and keeping on top of this yeah so the, the podcast is just named after the store smoke master cigars and uh we have a youtube channel so youtube.com slash master cigars right now we have about six episodes i launched it just late last year yeah. uh and we're looking to bring on more and more people as it continues to grow and develop uh so one of the many brands i mentioned we've had if you guys are familiar with any of these cigar brands check out christoph cigars out of the dominican republic great people epic cigars he's actually canadian founder and he makes the cigars from the dominican republic we love had, going to the dominican yeah who doesn't love, love punta cana is my favorite it? place yeah personally. phenomenal phenomenal place and then um yeah we've also had crowned heads huge artisanal craft cigar company they're one of the biggest craft cigar companies in the world and right now they're just killing it with all the blends that they're releasing so nice. check out crowned heads on our youtube channel as well and uh, like I said before, Perdomo is a big one. Drew Estates hopefully coming on soon. We're just waiting to schedule it, and uh, we'll we'll go from there. Tell me about tell us about the cigar anatomy. Yeah. There's the anatomy of the cigar. Yeah. So obviously you have uh, the wrapper, binder, and filler, right? Now the way it works is there's going to be different bunching methods. Bunching just technically means that when you're rolling the cigar, you want to grip the tobaccos with your hand, so you're bunching them together. That's going to be your filler. When it comes to the filler, it's very important because if it's a long filler, it's considered a premium. But a short filler is considered more of a, a economically lower value price cigar. The reason why is because a short filler is chopped up into different to- and chopped up into tobacco leaves, kind of like a cigarette. And now when you have tobacco leaves that are chopped up, it's not going to give you a better transition of flavor or consistent burn. But a long filler, if you cut the cigar open, it's one leaf start to finish. So they're keeping it long all the way through. It's and better. And that's going to give you a better transition of flavor and a more consistent burn, like I mentioned before. Now, the binder is the second part of the anatomy. That's going to bind the cigar together to keep it intact. And then you have the wrapper, which is what's considered to be 70% of where the flavor comes from. Now, the wrapper is going to depend on what part of the tobacco crop that that wrapper was harvested on. So when you're first harvesting tobacco, a lot of people don't know, but tobacco, the, the plant can grow in as little as 30 to 60 days grows to as high as six feet tall they're gonna be divided holy into shit thirds. six feet tall yeah that's as tall as you are and the, they say that you can even hear the tobacco grow in the nighttime because it's growing so fast in that rapid <laughs> pace of time it's a crackling noise it's holy tobacco fuck. leaves are growing yeah so uh ar- around two months time th- those tobacco leaves are going to be ready to be harvested and then depending on what part of the tobacco plant they're they're harvested from they're going to be used either for a wrapper binder or filler Now, the nicotine content is going to play a big role. That nicotine content is going to travel all the way through to the highest part of the plant. We call it Ligero. Ligero is is the highest part of the tobacco plant. And that's going to be the highest nicotine content because naturally that's how the nicotine travels within the plant all the way to the top. But also, that's the part of the plant that absorbs the most sunlight. Now, it absorbs the most sunlight and those are usually going to be used for the heavier tasting cigars. So the ones who like more of a bolder, intense, peppery, spicy taste, but for Ligero wrapper cigars, that's going to be one of the many factors as to why your cigar is so bold and intense in flavor. But uh, any, anything more than that, I would just say it's just a, a matter of the, the method of construction. So there's two ways, the embrotada, and the other one is the, I believe it's called the accordion. And they're just rolled in different, different uh, the, the approach to it is going to be one circular, and once more like in a zigzag. And the way you fold the tobacco leaves is what I'm trying to refer to. So when you're folding tobacco leaves, you, re- you either fold it in a circular motion for your filler. And then you can either fold it in a zigzag motion for your filler. The reason why those two different methods of uh, folding uh, tobacco leaves make a difference is because it's going to change the draw of the cigar. The airflow. 
because it's the way you, yeah it's so freaking scientific right? yeah and, and it goes even deeper than that but um as uh with the time that we have right and I'm, I'm not even i don't consider myself a professional by any means right i mean i'm definitely more knowledgeable than the average person but i would say that i'm still learning every day because everything about we the never industry, stop we never stop learning it just continues to surprise me and the more the more guests i bring on to the show the more i learn i'm just blown away by the intricate detail and the science behind it and the things that goes unnoticed as to what makes a cigar an enjoyable cigar but those main factors that i just mentioned are probably agreed upon in, uh, throughout the industry as the biggest reasons as to why your cigar is the way it is and for those that have dabbled with one toe in the water tried a cigar and went yucky kakapupu not for me, <laughs> yeah, right? Not yeah, for me, yucky kakapupu. They need to give it another shot. Yeah. They need to go see you and St. <laughs> Catharines at the Smoke Master Cigar Shop, and they need to maybe try something different that's yeah. milder or yeah. perhaps something that's more bold. Without a question. You yeah. know, yeah. Yeah. because those, it's such a huge spectrum. Those, those uh, the strength level is going to vary also on the soil that's used to harvest tobacco, the climate conditions. Uh, the cr Sometimes you have a bad crop here. Like they say within the past year, Cuba just had a hurricane and it wiped out 30,000 tons of tobacco which is just devastating to the Terrible. industry and that could also be an explanation as to why the prices increased so much the supply is just not much lower that's a component in the price yeah, increase yeah, right there without question yeah yeah so nicaragua cuba you've mentioned those yep. places we've mentioned the dominican what other places are renowned for Oh, growing uh, cigar I'll tell tobacco. you. So the most expensive tobacco for cigars comes from uh, African Cameroon, and they're renowned for the wrapper that they produce out of the Cameroon. The reason why Cameroon is so expensive is because it's about ten hours away from any industrialization. It's isolated in a rainforest, and there's one family that's out there harvesting it. And also, the climate conditions are very harsh sometimes, so it's not really the most ideal climate to harvest tobacco. But when it is ideal, that tobacco because of the difficulty to harvest it, it's so expensive, and they auction it. And you have bidders going way beyond the average prices for regular standard kind of tobacco. But the Cameroon is considered a medium body. A lot of people love Arturo Fuente from the Dominican, and they're pretty well known for bringing that Cameroon into the spotlight. For those who don't like something too mild or too strong, they want something in the middle, you can really look for that medium body taste. And they have a level of sweetness that I really appreciate. Another good country that you could look for is the Brazil. Uh, Brazilian uh, Matafina region, to be precise. Okay. Now, we just had a company launch uh, a new area of harvesting tobacco from Brazil, and they actually have to travel to that Amazon rainforest by canoe, and they, they tried to plant oh, a tobacco shit. seed there, and it's called the CAO Amazon Basin. And that is a really distinct tasting cigar. I've had the pleasure of smoking, and I was blown away. I would say it's one of CAO's finest cigars. They've been making cigars for decades, but... Um, coincidentally, it's the finest cigar I've smoked just recently from them. Now, how yeah. old were you when you first put a cigar in your mouth? Uh, I mean, growing up, Teenager? my father, my father, I, I was always around cigars my whole life. My, my dad, even before he had a shop, he was smoking cigars, and he kind of transitioned into the cigar world due for his passion for cigars. He wanted to become more, you know, involved in the business. So I would say I, I don't recall the exact age. I know I was probably younger than sixteen, older than twelve, around that range, twelve to sixteen. And that was just out of curiosity. So my dad would have an unfinished cigar, leave it on the patio, and then I'd just go out there, and I'm, out of curiosity, I'd light it up and take a few puffs. I didn't know what the hell I was smoking on at the time, of course, but gradually me just being naturally involved in the business and eavesdropping on my dad, educating his friends and customers in the shop, I became much more involved, and then I just started going from there. So 
I've been smoking personally for about 10 years, I would say, and I'm 25 years old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're so knowledgeable at this and so passionate, as I've said. Uh, inhale or don't inhale? Oh, absolutely do not inhale. Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of people, uh, they've tried it, and it's just not the most ideal thing to do because you can end up puking, vomiting, very nauseous. Uh, you can feel it the next morning. It's still really heavy in your lungs, uh, especially if you have a low nicotine tolerance you're going to get destroyed from uh, inhaling cigars. So try to avoid it at all costs. Yeah. yeah. And so the technique of drawing on a cigar. Yeah. Can so you elaborate on that? When it comes that? to drawing on a cigar, uh, first of all, let's let's talk about if you're indoors and we'll talk about if you're outdoors. So for if you're indoors, when you're drawing on a cigar, you want to kind of let it rest, let's say 30 seconds to a minute between each puff. And you want to kind of ensure that the flame of the cigar is still lit between each puff, right? And okay. the draw on the cigar is just going to be a pull for about two seconds. You kind of want to let it sit in your mouth a little bit, kind of taste the aroma, smell the aroma. Uh, you can you can either get like a sour, a sour taste. Sometimes you get a sweeter taste. Sometimes it's a slightly bitter taste. Those are like just the major senses that your tongue and nose pick up. There is something called retrohaling where if you want to expand a retro. Retrohaling. Hailing, yeah, retrohaling. Yeah, which is just uh, ex uh, like blowing the cigar smoke out through your nose. And the reason why people do that is because your nose has a lot more senses that can pick up a lot more notes than your tongue can. Yeah. And if people are looking for more of a... Uh, is this a popular method? It's a popular method for people who've been smoking for a long time. Okay. They, they, they start to retrohale. And people who are looking for more of an enhanced smoking experience, enhanced flavor, they want to taste more from the cigar, they tend to retrohale. But personally, I don't recommend retrohaling more than twice throughout the duration of the cigar because it can kind of make your your, your senses and your and your nostrils like numb because it's a pretty, pretty harsh process blowing all that smoke out through your nose. If you do it more than twice, you can be numb to it and you won't be able to pick up those flavors as much as you would like to later on. Now, on a comedic note, the people that draw uh, smoke from the cigar and then blow smoke donuts in the air, yeah, are they content? What are they, what do you call those people? Uh, well, I'm not sure. Silly billies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's one way to go about it for sure. Yeah. Um, um, okay, so when I've had big cigars, long cigars, right? That's the term, yeah. long cigars. Um, and I don't want to finish it all, right? Yeah. I've got to move on to something else. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna put that cigar out. Yeah. Should I be cutting off that tip before I re-engage with my cigar and light it again? Holy shit, 10 <laughs> times today. Popular man over here. My yeah. God, I keep, I keep turning it off and, you know. It's all good. Yeah, no, but the, the ghost the, in the room turns it on. The, the question is a valid question. And uh, what I, the way I go about it personally is, let's say I'm halfway through the cigar, right? And I don't want to smoke it anymore. I have other things to do. Um, I wait for the flame to go out first it could be as long as 10 yeah, to 15 yeah. minutes so you want to make sure the flame goes out then you want to we call it purge the cigar purge the smoke out the cigar so you blow instead of blowing in you're blowing out and you're ex you're kind of blowing out all that excess smoke okay. so now that's all out the way so blow yeah. out with the cigar in after your mouth the, after the flame goes out yeah. blow it out blow out the smoke and then you want to cut let's say half an inch off the the end of the cigar that that's lit up and then you can relight it the next day 
that's the way to do it. Keep that's, it clean. That, that's that's the way that I've been uh, told from industry professionals. I'd say like brand owners and stuff. Right on. Yeah. And you sell the humidors at the store. Tell us about some of the accessories, such yeah. as the humidors that you sell and some of the other. So items. so you have the humidors, which is kind of like a one of the more common ways of storing your cigars because it's such a beautiful artistic design. But the concept of humidification and storage for cigars is no more simpler than using a Tupperware container, if you want, for example. As long as it's sealed airtight, it doesn't matter whether it's a humidor with a cedarwood interior or not. Um, what's more important than the method of storage is the method of humidification. And with that, there's a newer technology on the market nowadays to humidify your cigars. It's the Bovita packs, or there's other packs similar to it. But what that has is a solution inside of it that's pre-regulated to a certain humidity level. Okay. All you do is toss it into your humidor or Tupperware, and uh, and it'll do the job for you. And those packs can last you about three or four months. And I say for a 300-gram pouch of that humidification pouch, um, it's good for 20 cigars. So if you have 100 cigars, use five packs, that kind of thing. Is there such a thing as like a Ziploc humidor or something yeah. quick for travel if you're going camping? Absolutely, absolutely. Now, the only thing about that is I would just make sure that if you're using a Ziploc or something like a... Uh, anything we're like remotely close to that you just make sure it's stayed in room temperature that's yeah. another big thing in canada we have such a bipolar climate yeah. where some one day it's really cold the next day it's extremely hot uh but you want to make sure that your cigar when you're storing it it's not near any windows not in the sun uh you can absolutely have like a bovita pack inside a ziploc bag so a humidification pouch inside your ziploc bag seal it airtight that's the biggest thing i'll tell you make sure there's no leakage of humidity and your tupperware humidor or your ziploc bag and if you're traveling, you can get one of those small travel humidors that can store like five or ten cigars. Now, with cigar smoking, you feel it's still a very niche crowd of people that are doing this. They still smoke cigarettes or just or is it just mostly cigar smokers are cigar smokers and that's their go to? Well, yeah. So it's, it's or nowadays uh, it's just a mixed bag. It's, it's, it's definitely a niche product. It's a niche industry. And the cigar smokers, the people who do smoke them, from, from what I've seen, they tend to strictly smoke cigars. They don't really venture off to like other kinds of uh, you know smoking methods like cannabis or hookah, yeah. vape, yeah. cigarettes, that so kind of thing. So a cigar is still a very niche It's sort still of group very of niche. People. Now, we do have those celebratory occasions. Right now, everything associated with like sports championships is associated with cigars. You see the championship celebrations. They all have a cigar in their mouth yeah. afterwards. It does have that celebratory uh, effect to it that now is more apparent than ever uh, from what I see online in the in the media world, right? Everyone, all these big celebrities after a championship, they all have a cigar in their mouth. It, re it represents success and yeah. it represents, you know, celebratory, like you it's, said. It's phenomenal. Like people get promoted to a different uh, a hierarchy in their job position and they want to celebrate it. The best way to go about it, in my experience, is a cigar. You know, it's yeah. just a meditative effect. It relaxes you, allows you to reflect, keep you in the present moment. And, and that way you can kind of enjoy yourself on a much more enhanced level. I'm understanding that today's younger generation is going to cigars in a big time way. And also that being said, today's younger generation is also getting right involved in the microdosing of mushrooms. Yeah, absolutely. Microdosing mushrooms, uh, from, my, from what I've seen with people around me, it's more and more popular on an everyday basis. Yeah, for sure. I've got a guest that'll be coming on in a couple of weeks who owns four mushroom dispensaries, yeah. and he's going to be coming on and educating us all about. I'll be tuning world, into that. All about the world of That's magic mushrooms, or really as they exciting. call it, microdosing so, mushrooms. Microdosing and the proper mushroom. terminology Psilocybin. is. 
Yeah. Yeah. Say it again in case people aren't listening. <laughs> Psilocybin. Yeah. So there you go. So yeah. it's a big, it's popular amongst today's youth, boy. For sure, for sure. Uh, enhanced productivity uh, and increased senses, and uh, I mean, it, it go, it goes deep. Yeah. 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 Hey, listen, uh, it was an awesome, awesome having you on the podcast today. Hey, my shit. pleasure. My pleasure, Dave. Uh, it's been I hope great. you'll come back. Yeah, I mean, I'm always down to come back. This has just been a great experience. I love talking about cigars. my passion. And if anybody wants to follow us on social media, our handle on Instagram and Facebook is at SmokemastersCigars. Our website is available now. You can go on there, see all our products. Visit us in store, 145 Carlton Street. We'd be lovely to see you. That's awesome. Smoke Master Cigars, located in St. Catharines, Ontario, and the address of your brick-and-mortar store is? 145 Carlton Street, St. Catharines. Yep. Very good. Yosef, thanks for joining me. Thank Have you. yourself a doggone great day. <laughs> thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Take care, brother. Bye. Ciao.